The Lord is good. We're here today, and I'm so glad you've chosen to be here on this Sunday morning. Joshua chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, would like to turn there with me. Joshua chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 down through verse number 3, and uh, we'll see what the Lord has in store. If you think this was early, think about those poor folks that came for Path of Life this morning. Uh, it really felt early in Path of Life, but we had a good lesson today. Joshua chapter 4, verse number 1. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command you them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, Twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. I'm going to preach for a little bit today by the help of the Lord and by your help. You're going to have to say amen loud this morning. By your help and the help of the Lord today, I want to preach, remember, what God has done. Remember what the Lord has done. God, we need your help this morning. Lord, as we look into your word and as we study the word of the Lord this morning, God, but as we stir up our pure mind by way of remembrance today, Lord, we give you honor and give you glory and give you praise because you've been so very good to us. We bless your name in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Tell your neighbor, remember what God has done. You can be seated today. In the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, about the twelfth verse, Moses issued a final warning. It was a warning to Israel just before they entered the promised land. He said, Beware lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In our text today, God ordered the children of Israel to build a memorial after God had done a wonderful, wonderful thing in their life, God orders the children of Israel to build a memorial so that they will never forget what God has done. The meaning of the Hebrew word memorial itself, I found it strange when I began to study the, the word to see what was the actual meaning of the word memorial. And it's amazing the simplicity of some things, but the word memorial in Hebrew simply means to remember. To remember. The very purpose of a memorial is so that we remember. Now, given man's propensity to forget 
It's little wonder that memorials have played such an important role in biblical history. At the foot of Mount Sinai, Moses built an altar of stones to commemorate God's covenant with Israel. Now in our text, we see God again commanding His people to build a memorial. There was a reason for that memorial because God is saying there are some things I never want you to forget. According to this chapter, God ordered 12 men to go back to where the priests were standing in the middle of the river, holding the Ark of the Covenant. Here they are in the middle of the river, holding the Ark of the Covenant on dry land. After they come through, before they forget the path that they had traveled, and before that the waters came rushing back in while that the riverbed is still dry. The Lord says, go back down into the river. Go back to the place where God had just made a way. And I want you to go to the very spot of where that the priest feet stood firm on dry ground. And I want you to take from there some stones. And I want you to take those stones and I want you to bring them out of the riverbed. And I want you to bring them to the side of the river. I want you to bring them from the middle of the miracle. And I want you to bring them to the place where you're going to lodge. And I want you to come to that campsite. And I want you to come in the midst of the campsite. And I want you to bring some stones from there, not just any stones, but I want you to go back to the place where the miracle happened. I want you to go back to the foundation of the miracle. I want you to get the stones that the priest stood on. And I want you to bring those very stones and I want you to build a memorial in the midst of the camp of the people. On the bank of the river where that I just performed a wonderful miracle that has led you through to the promised land. I want you to build a memorial. And I want that memorial to be a place that it will stand not just now, but it will be an everlasting memorial. It will be a memorial that goes beyond this generation. It will be a memorial that goes on to the next generation. Because I want you to remember. Now notice with me there's a few reasons that the Lord has given us to understand what the purpose of this memorial was all for. What the, the meaning was really for God wanted us to remember. A memorial is to be a place for us to remember what God has done for us. Verse number 7 of the same chapter that I read to you says it like this, And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Everybody say forever. It was not just to be for this moment, but it was to be a memorial forever. 
The memorial stones were to be a reminder of their own personal experiences. Notice that in these verses that I read and in this chapter that I read from, a very familiar passage and chapter that many of you perhaps have read time and time again. The memorial stones were to be a reminder of their own personal experiences. Notice now that the scripture says that it is going to cause the children to ask questions. When they see that memorial, the children are going to ask a question. And the question they're going to ask is, what meaneth these stones? And these stones are, first of all, to be a reminder of their personal experience that God has made a way. That God has rolled back the waters of the Jordan so that God's people could come through on dry ground. And these very stones, children, came from the bed of the Jordan that now is covered up with water. But there was a time when the Lord held back the water. It was a miracle, you see. You, it's like nothing you've ever witnessed before. But while the, the water was still rolled back, the priest went down, a man from every tribe went down to where the priest stood firm on dry ground. And they took that stone and they brought it and built a memorial because we wanted you to remember. And they wanted you to remember. And after a hundred years has passed or two hundred years has passed and a couple of generations has gone on and now here are people who None of them had ever witnessed. It had become almost as folklore. It was just a memento. It was just a memorial. But it was a reminder of the story that grandma's grandma told. And they told about how that the Lord made a way out of no way. They told the story of how God uh, transformed the water and how that the water was held back and how that the people of God came through. How they'd never seen anything like it before. I can imagine as everybody told their story, it would be somewhat a little different from everybody's perspective. But in a nutshell, it simply said God was able to make a way out of no way. And this memorial is a reminder to us. And it, it, it is a reminder to us so that when the children ask, these stones, first of all, were about a personal experience. It was about the rolling back of the waters of the Jordan. And they were to remember what they saw, what they heard, and what they experienced. God is simply saying to them, uh, I want you to tell the story of what I have done in your life. I don't want this story to uh, I, I don't want this story to dissipate. I don't want this story to go away, but I want this story to be uh, continually told, not just in this generation, but in the generations to come. God is saying, keep a clear memory of what God has done for you. Keep a clear memory. God is saying, keep on 
telling your stories so that you don't ever lose your sense of awe and sense of wonder. Don't ever forget what I've done because it's important that you remember every blessing and every miracle. But there are some that are just too incredible. There are some that are too awesome. There are some that are too powerful for you to ever forget. I come this morning to ask this congregation a question. What kind of memorials have you built in your life? What kind of memorials have you built in your life? When God has done things for you, what kind of memorial have you built? Is it just a memory that you've logged away in your mind but you don't talk about too often? Is it just something that maybe you think on occasionally or you shared with your children occasionally? Or have you done something to make it a landmark to say this, ladies and gentlemen, is an important moment that we must never ever forget. Come on somebody. You need to hear the preacher this morning because this church has just come through some of the most powerful moments in our history. We have seen God do things that we have never experienced in our lifetime. We need to build some memorials. We need to build some memorials about what God has done. We need to build some memorials to our to to uh, the remembrance of God's miraculous power. Somebody in the house today needs to hear what this preacher is saying. We just meander through life and we'll mention once or twice about what God has done. Should I stir you up a little bit this morning to tell you that over the last 10 weeks in this church that God has performed miracles, signs and wonders. There has been cancer that has been healed. There have been heart conditions that have been healed. There has been the dead raised back to life. In the last four months, we have seen deaf ears open. I come to remind you this morning, this is a good time for somebody to build some memorials. And and, and when generations pass on, we come back to this moment and say, I remember when God did this in our lives. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Whether you realize it or not, we all have memorials. Not literal memorials of stone, but we have stories that are burned into our memories. They are memories of special moments. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We all have them. Memories of certain moments, memories of unforgettable experiences, memories of prayer meetings, memories of messages, memories of altar calls. I'll never forget the little church where that I first received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I took my kids there last year. Matter of fact, it was the month of March last year, about a year ago. We uh, were out and about, and I said, let's just drive by. And so we took a little detour off the main road and drove into the little community, and they were there. There was some construction going on at the church, and they were laying some new tile in the foyer of the church. And there's a new building there now, and they're even remodeling that building. That tells you how long ago it's been. So we pulled off the road and we got out and uh, some of the men there I recognized and some of them knew me. I didn't know all of them. 
So I shook hands, introduced my family, and uh, I asked, do you mind if we look around? They said, absolutely not. Just go ahead. Look all you want to look. Show your kids. So we walk it around, and I went into that old church house where that I first received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I walked down to the spot about where that the altar would have been, and I'm trying to trying to remember in my mind's eye exactly uh, what it would look like. And it was all coming back to me, and I got about in the same location. And I said, kids, let me tell you something. Right about where I'm standing, I remember that Thursday night of revival service. I remember the, the, the preacher. I remember, uh, I, I remember the, 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 the people that were praying with me. And I remember how that God poured out the baptism of the Holy Ghost on me. And I started telling them the story. And I, I, I began to weep as I was talking to them and sharing with them the story of what the Lord has done. I I hope and I know it's just a building and I know that building won't always stand but I'm thankful that they were able to preserve it to this point because it has a special place in my heart, a special place in my mind. It's a fellowship hall today but I go back there and I remember we drive by on my trip to my dad's home uh, as we drive through southeast Texas. We drive by the little church where I was first baptized in the lovely name of Jesus. And every time we drive by, I have to kick the crews off and slow down. And I say, right there, guys, right there is where I went down in water, buried in the name of Jesus. You know why? Because it has a certain memory. It brings something back fresh and new. And I want my kids to know, you know how you got your memory? I've got my memory. You know how I tell you the day's going to come. I want you to tell your children about when God filled you with the Holy Ghost. I want you to tell your children about when you were baptized in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We got to build some memorials. Can you go back to the place? Can you go back to the moment when your miracle came? Can you go back to the moment when you first felt the power of God in your life? I'll never forget the place where I first surrendered to the call to ministry. I don't go that way too often. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine sent me a social media picture, and just all he said was, driving by some old stomping grounds, and he flashed a picture, and it brought back the memory. I began to remember that Sunday morning when I knelt at an altar, And I said yes to the call of God. And I began to say yes to the Lord. And I still remember where I answered the call to ministry. I remember where I was. I remember that moment like it was yesterday. It's a special place for me. No doubt as I've shared a couple of my brief stories with you this morning, you too have some of those special places. You too have already gone there in your mind today. That's good. We need to build some memorials there. Did you put some stones down? Did you put something permanent there? Have you shared your story with those that, that, that love you and that are following you. Have I mentioned this morning that we need to build some memorials? 
I have memories of places. I have memories of people. I have people who that God used to minister into my life. I still remember specific moments and specific people who spoke into my life. I'll never forget the first time that I ever danced in the Spirit. I was a child, really. I, I was a young, maybe a young teenager, maybe 12 or 13 years old. And back in those days, uh, they, they were, uh, church was a little different for me and in those days you know we were told don't don't move in church you you got to sit still and you got to sit quiet and don't you dare uh, do too much outward worship and uh, you know God may come down and strike you for trying to praise him well times have changed and I thank God they have I was afraid to worship God. I was afraid I'd get in trouble, number one. Number two, I was afraid that I might be in the flesh. I thought it was going to be a supernatural out-of-body experience. And oh, I wanted to dance in the Spirit. I saw other people dance in the Spirit. I had never danced in the Spirit before. I had never felt the power of God move on me so strong that that I couldn't just hold still. I had had the power of God move on me. I'd sat and shook under the power of God. But I, I just, God had never made me get up and dance. He had never made me do it. Come on, somebody. You put a smile on your face. You know I'm talking to you today. I had never, and I remember that morning I was in the front and the preacher had preached on worship and praise and expressing ourselves to the Lord in outlandish ways. I was standing in the front of the church right along about mid-center aisle right here. I was standing there and there's an elder. He's gone on to meet his reward. But he came up with to me and he had invested a lot in me. But he grabbed me that morning. He pulled my hand in the air and he just started turning me around like he was, like I was a top. He just started turning me in circles until before long I said my feet were getting twisted up I was in the flesh 100% I was wanting to worship I was wanting to dance but I, I God had never made me do it but it was that moment that something got a hold of me and I realized this is me spinning this is me turning this is just me doing it and brother McFarland is turning me around but before long he said why don't you go ahead and do that unto the Lord. Something clicked in my spirit and he said do it as unto the Lord. I said hey I can do that and I started spinning and I started dancing as unto the Lord and I haven't stopped yet because I got an understanding and a revelation and I built a memorial that I put into my children. Worship God with a sincere heart. Do it as unto the Lord and don't worry about what somebody says about you. I have memories of experiences of God answering prayer. How many of you have God's answered prayer for you? Come on, how many of you built memorials where God has answered prayer? We need to build some memorials where God has answered prayer. You just can't forget the ways that God has provided for needs. Over the years, I've learned some invaluable lessons. These lessons on faith are not something that you can be taught. It's something that you have to experience to truly understand. I'm going to be straight about this this morning. I believe the reason that I live my life of faith like I do is because I had a dad who built memorials. He never stopped telling the stories. 
I've shared so many of them with you as he begins to tell stories. I sit back and listen. I've told him now that he's 81. I tell him every time I talk to him, Dad, just just share your stories. Just share some stories. He starts talking, and I start listening. Just share your stories. Just talk to me about what God has done, and every now and then he'll forget, and he'll, he'll say, I can't remember where I was, but, but I remember. And I say, Dad, I, I think you said it was here. That's right, son, it was. And he'll begin to tell the story. You know why? Because I never want to forget. I never want to forget what put faith in me. I never want to forget what put faith in my spirit and said, trust God. When you don't know what else to do, you trust God anyway. And I watched my dad as he's given everything he had away to see God turn around and bless him back with more and do it again and God bless him again with more. And I've seen him at points when he physically was unable to function, but he trusted God and God sent a healing touch in his life. I've heard him tell stories of putting his last dollar in the office offering plate and the next morning God gave him a job. I heard him talk about putting his last, putting his gas money to get home from church in the offering plate and an old sister came up and said can you give me a ride home? He said I'll do my best. You're welcome to ride and on the way home she said pull in the gas station and he filled up or she filled up his gas tank with gas. He, I've heard him talk about when they didn't have food to put on the table and he should have stayed home and, and and been down and in the dumps and, but but he got up and went to church but when he got home from church he walked in the door and sitting on his dining room table were more groceries than they could put in the cupboard and they didn't even know what they were going to do with all of it. They had to call some other people that were in need and say come over. An angel has visited our home and has brought a miracle to our house. I got to share it with you. It is those kind of stories of faith. He made a bold statement just a few years ago. And he said, if God would give me a miracle this week, I would use that miracle to pay off the building that was presently in construction. That was on Sunday. And by Tuesday, the miracle phone call came. And the money came in the mail. And he paid off a church. And I was blessed to be able to go with my family and preach the dedication service for a brand new building that was paid off in full. You know why? Because he built some memorials. And he put some faith in me by the building of his memorials. If all your children know about God and about the church and about your pastor and about the friends you worship with is every negative thing and everything that is wrong, shame on you. You need to build up the church, build up God. That's why David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Can I preach what I'm feeling right now? How do you magnify God that spoke this entire universe into existence? The word magnify means to make larger. The word magnify means to make greater than it actually is. You know what a magnifying glass is. You, you know when, we're, when you're like me and you have a hard time seeing, you need a magnifying glass so you can see it. 
because it makes it larger than it actually is. What in the world was David thinking when he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me? Let me tell you what he was saying. He was saying, tell your story and build God up so big that it may even be bigger. Brag on God like you're bragging more than you're bragging on yourself. Let me tell you how bad my God is. Let me tell you how awesome my God is. As a child growing up, child growing up, my dad was my hero. He was, he was the toughest man that's ever lived. He was the strongest man that's ever lived. He was the smartest man that ever lived. And he was the wealthiest man that ever lived. He was better than anybody's dad. All you had to do was just ask me because I believed in my dad. And I remember at school, people would talk about their dad, and I'd just say, that's nothing. Let me tell you about my dad because he was my hero. That's what David's trying to get you to do with God when he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You need to talk about your God like, don't you talk about Muhammad to me. Don't you talk about Allah to me. Don't you talk about Hare Krishna to me. Don't you talk about Buddha to me. Let me tell you about my God. He is the God of all gods. He is the king of all creation. He is greater than your God. My God is the greatest. Somebody ought to build a memorial this morning and declare God is great. Oh, now take a moment and just lift up your voice and magnify him today. Stop by my office sometimes. You'll see all sorts of little trinkets. Things that people have given me. They remind me of the person. I also have a few items in there from some of the trips that I've taken. Some of them are in storage because there's no way I can possibly display everything. But I've kept them. They ain't going no garage sale. Occasionally... My wife and I start cleaning out the garage and we'll start going through those boxes. And somebody will say, why don't you just throw that stuff away? No, no, no. These are memories. They remind me. In my office I have some things that reminds me of some of my mission trips. Reminds me of some of the places I've been. And sometimes I'll look at them and my mind immediately goes there. And I began to think about, I began to think about that service. And I'll never forget some of the experiences. Walking across a rope bridge across the river. Almost having to carry my wife to get across it. Walking, I've heard people tell the stories, but I have one to tell. We had to park the missionary vehicle, walk a rope bridge, and then walk over a mile up a dusty trail road to get back into the, into the little country church. There were no vehicles. There were nothing but people walking into this little place in, in the bush. You were in the middle of nowhere. But we got there, and they get out a guitar, and the, and the old guitar had all the strings broken but one. But the pastor proudly straps on that 
one string guitar. He didn't know how to make a note on it. All he could do was just strum that thing. And when the Spirit of the Lord started moving, man, he'd really strum it. And we didn't have any drums and we didn't have any microphones. As a matter of fact, I don't even believe we had any electricity. We were so far back in the woods in the country that I'm pretty sure those people that lived there had to fertilize their mailbox to get mail. Just checking to see if you were awake. It's daylight savings times doing a number on you this morning. But oh, I remember the power of God. I remember the presence of the Lord. I've got mementos. I've got little things that remind me. Oh, no, they're precious to me because they remind me of where I was. And I see the people's faces. And I still remember the move of God. Church, we need to establish some things. These are things that's never going to move out of my life. There are some memorials. There are some things that I'm building so that I can remember. I come this morning to challenge you to build some memorials. Tell your stories and tell your stories again. Your children needs to hear how God made a way out of no way. Your grandchildren need to hear how God made a way out of no way. We were coming through the Jordan and we got there and it was a swollen tide and there's no way to get through but all of a sudden God began to roll back the Jordan and the priest went in and he got some. He, he sent 10, 12 men in, uh, men from every tribe, and they get the stones, and they built a memorial. i got to tell you what it's all about, children, because God made a way. So the memorial stones were, they served as a basis for telling their story. Can I just say to you this morning that we have a responsibility to pass this message from generation to generation? As with memorials in the Old Testament, the intention of the memorial of stones was to cause future generations to ask. Somebody wisely said Christianity is never more than one generation away from extinction. I just want you to think for a moment how far that our country has drifted in just the last 50 years or so. Prayer in school was declared illegal. Bible reading in school was taken out. In 1980, declared illegal to post the Ten Commandments in school. And now recently, more and more and more legislation is coming to pass to try to shut Christianity down. God is now warning Israel, don't let the environment of pagan society surround the delicate issues of God's miraculous provision. And in verse 12 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, he said, Beware in this world that you live, lest you forget who it was that brought you out. Can I say to Christian Life Church on a Sunday morning in March 2016, beware. It wasn't education that brought you out. It wasn't even your hard work that brought you out. 
It wasn't your family name or your background that brought you out. It wasn't because you were smarter than everybody else that brought you out. But I come to remind somebody this morning that it was the Lord that brought you out. The apostle said, hey, hey, he looked over and names all the sin. He said, and there too go I except but for the grace of God. I come this morning to remind us it could have been us, but God brought us out. You didn't do it for yourself. God did it for us. And the memorial stones were also to serve as a signpost to the lost world. Verse 24 of our text chapter this morning says that all people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord. That all the people of the earth may know the hand of the You know what that's saying? That's saying... 150, 200, 500 years from now, people are going to still come back to this location and they're going to look at that monument and they're going to say, what in the world are these stones about? And it's a good opportunity. I'm glad you asked. I've shared a couple of stories with you. Even this very week, I walked in. Sister Cheryl was with me. We walked in and somebody said, i got to ask you some questions. They've asked questions before. I said, what is your question? They said, i got to know about baptism. They said, do you sprinkle or are you a dunker? I said, I've never been called a dunker before. But we baptize according to the scripture we baptize by immersion, calling on the name of the Lord. I'll be glad to take you to Scripture and show you where and how they baptized in the Word of God, and that's exactly how we baptize today. She said, that's good. Let me tell you what memorials are supposed to do. It's supposed to cause people who know nothing about God to ask, hey, I've been hearing a lot of stuff go on down there. I heard, I heard, I heard that the dead being raised. I, I heard cancers being healed. I, I heard people are getting saved. I heard, I, I heard since the beginning of this year, this is actually what brought it about. I heard that since the beginning of this year that your church has added about 22 new members since January, and you've had like nine or ten baptisms since January. What in the world is going on down there at the church? We're building some memorials because God is saying it's not just to one generation, but it's to all generations. It's not to one nationality. It's to all nationalities. It's not to one background. It's to all backgrounds. It's one not to one economic class. It's to all economic classes. That's what it's about. Let's build a memorial, Christian Life Church. Salvation is to everybody. I got to hurry or I'm going to preach a long time today. These stones were to be a reminder of the renewal of personal commitment. Joshua not only issues the, the issued the order for men to go back into the place where the feet of the priests stood on dry ground, but he personally joined them, if I read and understand this text correctly. He goes back in there with them. 
and he brings them out. Now, I, I want to I wrap this up by pointing a couple, of, a couple of things to you. This was a special time for Israel. Because the scripture says in verse 19 of that verse 19 of our of, of our text chapter, it says that on the tenth day of the first month, the people came up from the Jordan. Are you ready? On the tenth day of the first month. Now, why is that important? Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm like doing my bread Bible reading and then you know you're reading through in lightning speed. I skip over that stuff. Well, it's the tenth day of the first month. I, you know, it's like getting to those names that you can't easily speak. And it's that man there in the red shirt. And you just move on. Verse 19 says, In the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal, on the east border of Jericho. I got a feeling there was something in this that was more than just the 10th day of the first month. Because you may be aware of this, but then again you may not. But the reason and the significance of when they crossed over into the promised land was on the exact day anniversary, 40 years after the Passover. God had saved their family because of the blood. And 40 years to the day, they are now leaving the edge of the river where again God made a way out of no way. It was the blood applied to the doorpost 40 years earlier. Now we come through. Wait a second. Once may be a fluke. But it happened two times. I got to pay attention to what's going on. It was the anniversary. Now, 40 years later, they're leaving the edge of the river. And the scripture said they camped on the east border of Jericho. Remember that they were traveling which way? East. The promised land was east. So they're headed east. And they're moving in, camping on the border of Jericho, on the edge of Gilgal. And so I thought, Gilgal, I don't read about that a bunch in Scripture. Let me see what that word means. And the Scripture says they're camping on the east border. And so I looked up that word and the word Gilgal. Are you ready for this? It means the reproach has been rolled away. <laughs> I love this word. The reproach, I feel my help coming right now. The reproach has been rolled away. Forty years of spiritual defeat and failure in the wilderness have now been rolled away. 
exactly to the day, 40 years when God made a way and led them out. 40 years to the day, the reproach has been rolled away. Build a, a, a memorial when the reproach, at the point and the place where the reproach has been rolled away. It was the dawn of a new beginning for the promised land. The reproach has been rolled away. In other words, the past is behind us. I have now stepped into a new season. I wrap this up this morning by telling you, this may be a good time, Christian Life Church, for somebody to begin to build a memorial and say, hey, I remember where I was in 2015, but in the first 60, 90 days of 2016, I have stepped into a new season, and the reproach of my past has been rolled away. I'm no longer what I used to be. All things are, and all things have become. Am I in the word of God this morning? Somebody put your hands together and give God a shout of praise. Everything's behind them. It was a dawn of a great new beginning of the promised land. The days of God's refusal to answer and just to let them get by until everybody died in the wilderness are behind them. The complaining of God's people has now ended. Their hopeless wandering in the wilderness is now behind them. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost just talking about this. I hope you're awake enough this morning to get what I'm preaching to you. They were now a people with a powerful new sense of their destiny. Because I don't have another river to cross, they declared. We're on the other side now. We're going to build a memorial. Somebody in this house this morning needs to look back and see where God's brought you from. When the mess in your life ought to have destroyed you and taken you out. When you ought to have died in the wilderness. When you should have been killed in the accident. When you should have died from the disease. When that situation should have busted your home and family. When you should have been left in the wilderness. God said, I'm going to give you enough provision to get you through to the other side. And now as we cross through into a brand new season, here we are. What's happening, Christian Life Church? I'll tell you what it is. God's calling us. Come on, church. Let's build some memorials. Let's remind our children. I didn't get here because I'm smart. I didn't get here because I'm good looking. I didn't get here because my IQ is higher than somebody else's. I got here because of the grace and mercy of God. And young man and young woman, this is the only way that you're going to get to where you're going. We're going to make it because of God's grace and mercy. We were saved by His blood. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Somebody throw your hands in the air right where you are right now and just start thanking God for bringing you to where you are. Come on, lift up your voice with that thanksgiving unto the Lord. Maybe somebody wants to build a memorial this morning. 
And the memorial says, I remember where I've been over the last 40 years and what's brought me to here. But this memorial is a transitioning moment. It's not just all about my past. And it's not all just about the provision of God from my past. But it is a transitional point. Because here I am. But I'm looking right there and Jericho's in sight. And I'm going to give God praise and those walls are going to fall. Because I am stepping into a brand new season of promise and hope. I've come this far by faith, but I'm going to keep going by faith. I opened these altars this morning. If somebody in the house knows, it's time to step into a brand new season of your life and you want to just come and commit it or recommit it to the Lord and declare, I'm building a memorial on this Sunday morning. I'm going to build a memorial today. God's been too good to me for me to forget where he brought me from. I want my children, I want my children's children and I want their children to know it was God that brought me to where I'm at. It was God that brought me here. I opened these altars this morning. There's room for everybody. Why don't we all respond this morning from the front to the back. Let's just gather in here close around the front. Just talk to the Lord for a moment. Let's just have a little sweet communion with Jesus today. Shout, 